0: Hey friends, welcome to the Intuitive Mother podcast. The podcast created to help you awaken, heal, and connect to your truth and your desires as you journey home to you in the midst of motherhood. I'm your host, Angie Schaefer, wife, mom of two teen daughters, intuitive life coach and Reiki healer, creator of The Awoken Woman, and spiritual joy seeker. Each week, we'll come together and chat just as if we are on my sofa, side-by-side, sharing sacred space. It is my greatest hope to help other moms by offering insights, interviews, and straight-up truth on all things motherhood and womanhood to guide your journey home with a friendly and healing vibe. Our time is now. Let's go. She coaches, mentors, and educates mompreneurs, executive teams, Healers, coaches, and consciously driven entrepreneurs with a blended approach in functional medicine health coaching, spiritual life coaching, divine healing, meditation, mindfulness, shadow work, and somatic breath to reprogram subconscious limiting beliefs and ego patterns that keep us stuck in fear or in dis-ease. Her previous corporate experience as an engineer and leadership in the military brings a magnetizing blend of soul and strategy. Her holistic approach builds a solid foundation through balanced well-being with compassionate emotional empowerment and intuitive spiritual guidance. Her work around self- Worth supports women to heal their relationships to the feminine, letting go of the hustle and overwhelm, and encourage the balance of flow and aligned action. She is also the host of the podcast, The Embodied Healing Self, creator of the North Star Collective and Embodied Healing Retreat. When she has time, Jen loves to travel, surf, windsurf, and dance, yoga, and all forms of outdoor and adventurous activities. Jen also loves to travel, surf, windsurf, dance, yoga, and all forms of outdoor and adventurous activities. She currently resides in Northeast Florida with her two daughters, her puppy, and of course, her husband, Chris, of 18 years. You are going to love everything that Jen has to offer on this week's episode. She is one of a kind. She is one of my go-to mentors when I am stuck or confused and just need to throw some ideas around. Like I said, she's a dear friend and I cannot wait for all of you to get to know her and the great work that she does in this world. So, relax and settle in because it's going to be a great episode. Here we go. Welcome, friends. Today on the Intuitive Mother Podcast, we have a special guest, Jen Mons. She is from Northeast Florida. She is an intuitive healer, life purpose coach, mentor, wife, mother, of course. And she is a very dear soul and friend to myself. I have been excited to have her on here with us and just to have her tell us a little bit about her. And then of course, I know that she is a very conscious mother and I would love to have her share some of her insight into conscious mothering with all of you. So welcome, Jen. And like I said, if you could just tell our listeners a little bit about you, that would be great.
1: Yes, thank you so much for having me on the show. It's such a great honor. And, um, you know, it's really been fun to, gosh, I guess we're going into just a couple of years now connecting through a mastermind that we were in and then doing some work together. And it's been fun to just witness both the personal and professional growth i guess the journey that you've been on the past couple of years so it feels really nice and complete to yeah. <laughs> be able to come on the show and just yeah. talk about something that is so so cherished to both of us you know is is our the space that we hold and the value that we hold as a mother and and i know that that's something that has always come up in in conversations And so, yes, I am an intuitive coach. Um, I have actually a background in which we'll probably get into. I have a former corporate career, former military graduate engineer, turned holistic healer about 15 years ago with the birth of my first daughter, which was really, I like to call it my rebirth. And so a lot of the work that I do now is really helping women to discover their worth and standing in their soul purpose. I'm the creator of a technique called soul wisdom imprinting. And I also train intuitive life coaches as well and mentor healers and coaches. So I specifically work with women Mm -hmm. and most of the women I work with are mothers. It just kind of turns out that way. And it's really, I find myself attracting women who are really looking to let go of all of those roles and identities and beliefs that we've had around our self worth and sort of that overachieving and perfectionism that turns into overwhelm and busyness, which is just a distraction from what matters most, which is our family. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, I'm all about the quality of life and freedom and and finding joy and freedom in everything. And so it's it's really a lot of the work that I do. Um, yeah, I have uh, my own podcast as well and. Really, I just have to. I just want to start by saying that you know all of this. I really believe that I am in that phase of my life where it's coming to. My, my soul essence, my being. It's like feeling more relaxed into my truth, which is a really nice feeling. And it's been quite a journey to get here. It's, it's actually been a lot of ups and downs, um, including a near-death experience, and then a second health crisis, which led me to study functional medicine and nutrition and detoxification and all, all kinds of other things that have been a part of my journey, then yoga and meditation, then energy work. And all of it started with becoming a mother. And really the person that I was before that, which was at the age of 28 is very different than the person that I am now. And that's why I call it the rebirth. Um, But I still notice that those old patterns show up sometimes really the, the old pattern of like wanting to prove myself or wanting to uh, really just, you know, do things and make the most of life. And I, and it really, comes back to just recognizing that those are old beliefs and old patterns of that feeling of not being worthy enough. And what's so interesting about my story is that becoming a mother is what changed everything for me. It was a near-death experience. I had pregnancy-induced liver failure. I was working corporate as an engineer in a very male-dominated environment. There were three women in a manufacturing plant of 200, I went to college with 7% women. So I really spent a lot of my life um, in a very masculine environment. And becoming a mother was, I just imagined it would be as easy (laughs) as everything else. I thought, well, I'm like superwoman, I can do this and I'm just gonna do this and have a baby. And then it just didn't turn out that way. And my health was in crisis after that. And it was really just this, realization that what you're here doing in in this corporate world is not who you are. It has nothing to do with Uh you or it's not what you think it is. It isn't what matters. And, um, you know, that was really the beginning of just this new pathway. And I don't know what's going to come up today, but there have been so many, so many times where my life has just radically altered course because I allowed my children to be the teachers. And I think that that has probably been my greatest and most challenging gift. And if there was one nugget of wisdom that I want, would want to leave today, it would be that. It would be that we are in a time of this collective rising, specifically around the healing of the feminine. And the children, all the children, actually, I'm noticing the boys and the girls are here supporting us in this And if we just listen to what they're Mm -hmm. saying, I mean, Mm -hmm. if we really actually listen, and I'm noticing it's actually a very small percentage of parents that are listening because we're so caught up. This has been the gift in the pandemic. We're so caught up in the busyness and the distraction of what we think we have to do.
0: Mm -hmm. Our kids
1: have to get good grades and they have to go to college and they have to, you know, fill in the blank, right? Right, right. We're not even being in that, allowing that space of stillness of like, what really, really matters? And if we actually slow down and listen from a very, very young age, our children are teaching us. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And that has been my greatest gift. And it doesn't, it takes a huge act of surrender, which I think takes more courage to surrender and listen and allow your children to fully be who they are. And not put our ego into it. And, you know, I'll just say that it's been a journey of peeling the layers mm-hmm. for many, 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 many years. Even when I thought I was a conscious parent, I was still had my ego in it. As in, like, their results and identity say something about me. And mm-hmm. it's it's just not that. So mm-hmm. they are our greatest teachers.
0: <laughs> they are. And when you said that, I got goosebumps because I know... I have brought that up multiple times. I was just talking to a dear friend the other day who has a seven-year-old who said to me, you know, my daughter looked at me and said, mom, you know, you can take a day off. And I turned around later and went back to my friend and I said, just greatest invitation for you would be to let her teach you, even though she's in your eyes only seven. I said, I talk a lot about our teenagers teaching us, but let her teach you from the age of seven she knows and she's guiding you home to yourself so i know we share that viewpoint that they are our teacher um i think you and i used to talk a lot about seeing ourselves in what they're reflecting back to us in the mirror Um, i always talk about my girls being my greatest mirror to the roles i play the um just the growth that I'm here to the lessons that I'm here to learn and the change that I am going to be able to process through because they're, they're seeing me as this, the, as my highest version of myself. And my daughters have always been really good at telling me when I'm not operating (laughs) the highest version of myself. And I have had to learn to slow down and really take that in and not see it as an attack on who I am Mm -hmm. in that moment. So, what comes to mind for me is if you would be willing to share what takeaway of like the greatest lesson, whether both of your daughters, the same lesson, or if they had, if there were two separate lessons from each daughter that they were, that they have taught you thus far Mm -hmm. as a mom.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, as I was hearing you speak, one thing that really came through for me is that I just wanted to bring awareness to um, the relationship that you've created with your daughters to where they trust you enough, to be honest with you. I think that that's amazing, right? Like that's, it's so easy to be disconnected in today's world with social media and the cell phones and Netflix and all those things that if to actually have that level of relationship with you, where you, they feel comfortable speaking to in that way is amazing. So, (laughs) um, I just wanted to acknowledge that felt really good to hear you say that the biggest lesson, you know, what was coming through when you were speaking is it is everything like it's, it's the, okay. So my oldest just turned 15, my youngest just turned 12. So it's the way that they, choose to nourish themselves. It's the way that they value their health. It's the way that they talk to themselves about what they think they look like. It's the way that they allow themselves or give themselves permission to be present. It's the way that they or don't allow themselves to slow down. It's how they who they say yes to, what they say yes to, and what they don't. Like, I'm witnessing all of this right now, and I'm like, oh crap, like, oh, mm-hmm. like, I just know, like, I'm hearing myself say stuff. And then as I'm, as I think I'm providing a teaching moment, and as we all know, teaching is in the being, not the speaking, right? It's leading by the example. And it's, I mean, I'm just noticing every little thing now. Okay. So my 15 year old's getting her permit. We were just talking about how I'm not that great of a driver and I'm not. <laughs> um, never have been. So it's every single thing. I'm like, oh God, like I really need to, this is my invitation to want to be a better driver because now it really matters because what I'm doing, she's going to pick up on. So it's really everything. And it's this balance of like, it's such an interesting delicate balance. Cause at the same time, I love to teach personal self, responsibility, right? Uh-huh. So I'm teaching her to be responsible for herself, but she's still they're still looking at me to be their teacher. Uh-huh. So the biggest lesson and takeaway is, and it might just be where I'm at right now, there's two of them. One is the power of surrender. It has really been what that whole near-death experience taught me when my daughter was born. It, it's been a constant invitation is a good word to practice the power of surrender. And maybe your listeners can relate to this for someone like me, type A recovering overachiever perfectionist. Yes, I do like to be in control. I will admit it's an ego thing. (laughs) I like to feel safe that's so it's coming out of a place of insecurity. It's unhealthy. Like it's like flying, right? We've had this conversation like I'm uh-huh. trusting the pilot to fly the airplane so much that I started to get my own pilot's license. Like that's how i that's how much I'm like, you know, I love to to kind of know everything that's happening. So it's been a huge practice of surrender and trust uh-huh. And this is pretty vulnerable to share. But I had this experience in 2014, and I've had many, many rebirth, reawakening experiences, to name a few, Shakti awakenings, soul retrieval. And all of these things came to me very, a couple past life regressions. All of these things that I've been led into were all led by my children. These are never things that I would have imagined I was doing, Uh That I was listening and being guided and I had a really bad day back in 2014 and I was raised Christian. So I I got two flat tires, I burned my arm. It was like, it was just a frustrating day. So I went to the beach to meditate and I had this experience where I went to the beach to meditate and I kept trying to go to my happy place. And I kept going to the operating room when my daughter was born. So this was like eight years after she was born. And this was, you know, quite, this was, what, gosh, eight years ago now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Seems like yesterday. Wow. Yeah. But I go to the beach and I kept I'm meditating. I'm like, I want to go to my happy place. And it was like, boom, operating room, like happy place, operating room. Like, damn it, <sighs> fine. I'm just going to surrender. And I had this image of Jesus at the foot of my bed. And he just said, you don't have to worry anymore. Like, I've got her. I've got her and there was must have been something about her that i was worried about at the time and i whatever that, that experience was it felt like a huge weight was lifted off my shoulder and i realized how much of keeping her safe i was making about me mm-hmm. it was like she's my responsibility. And yes, she is, but she's really, and and I know that there's people with all different beliefs that are going to be listening to this. but she's really a child of God. She's really her own person. And I'm just here to guide her.
0: Uh And I was
1: making so much of her healing journey about me because it led me to create this fulfilling career into health coaching and then into yoga and meditation and life coaching. All of that was guided by the things that were really Difficult by that crisis that happened. And so I almost became too attached to my, my own personal transformation through motherhood, which was Uh interesting.
0: Uh So
1: it's really about when I say surrender, I say letting go and just witnessing, letting your children be who they are and not making it about us, even when they do really well. And even when they are struggling
0: Uh
1: Um that would I would say be the number one takeaway and the second one is just presence like presence in every way and and when I'm the place that I'm at right now is really and I think this is what children this is the blessing of children is that they're and we see this in younger children um but just joy in life like I am no longer I am in a place of really practicing I should say because I I say no longer, but never say never, because I'm always (laughs) just practicing, but really practicing. Like if something isn't, if I don't have joy in something, this includes a client that I might work with or a person to collaborate with, or even a podcast to interview. If it is, if it's not feeling joyful, I just removed myself from a a program that I signed up for this year because I wasn't getting excited about it. And it was really hard for me to say, no, like, I love the idea of things But just because I love the idea of things doesn't mean that it's serving me. Mm -hmm. And I, this was the first time that I was let go of my fear of letting somebody down and and backed out of something and asked for my money back, which was like a huge thing for me. Mm -hmm. But I really, again, the second takeaway is just the present moment. And the present moment is what I'm noticing is where we can find joy. So those are the two things. And actually, each of those things came from a different daughter. So surrender is the older daughter, Mm -hmm. present moment and joy is my second daughter, her love language is quality time Mm -hmm. and the older ones love language is words of affirmations. You can kind of see how, how they show up is that reflection of you. And it helps to, um, it really, it does help us to heal that part of us. Mm -hmm. And it's also the invitation and the opportunity to, to, um, you know, I, I feel like open the path or the gateway for them to have their own experience and really to do generational healing together
0: yeah it was actually that was coming um through for me is like what the blessing is of breaking that generational pattern of not surrendering or not being present and I know like what hit for me was it actually brought tears to my eyes when Jesus came to you and said you you know you don't have to worry anymore I have her um I have found that trust in, they are they are mine in this family, mm. but in the truth and the depth of who they are, they are not mine. And the more I try to hold tight, which I firmly believe everybody I knew from like my generation, the mothers tried to hold tight. There was not a lot of loosening. There was not a lot of like, "What's well, your life. What is gonna make you happy? What do you want to do? There were a lot of just roles that were passed on or of course you're gonna to go to college. Of course you're going to study this. And for me, it has been about coming back to, they are their own people. Yeah. I have to trust that they, we have raised them well and they are going to make good choices. But coming into your story about driving, teaching my daughter to drive was one of the most (laughs) humbling, (laughs) like our our biggest fights. You know, here I was the intuitive mother coach having the podcast, our biggest fights were during her time period of learning to drive. And I don't mean like fights where I just said one thing. I mean, I was full out screaming. I was like the mad woman and would bring her to tears. We would come home screaming at each other. <laughs> and my husband would be like, oh my God. But yeah. the day she got her license was that it, that time period was actually a major shift in our relationship, a major shift in my healing And to notice the patterns that I was repeating and a major shift when she had that license and she could leave the house for the first time
1: Mm.
0: of trusting that I had done all I could do. My husband had done all he could do to make sure she was a good driver by our feeling and that God had her and that Mm. was all I could do. I was traumatized as a teenager with multiple tragic car accidents taking the lives of teens that I knew. And so I could see that pattern repeating into the fear of me wanting to control. It doesn't mean I'm really great about like when she leaves, I'm like, text me when you're there. Text me when you're leaving for home. And, you know, sometimes I do find a friend. (laughs) And I find her in path as to where she's going and I'm learning. But really that trusting that they, trusting and believing that they're truly here, they're being held, their story is unfolding Hmm. as it is supposed to. I have no control over that, over that story and accepting the acceptance of I have no control. I can do my best and I can show up as... Who I'm here to be and guide them and teach them, but it is really their life.
1: Yeah, you bring up a really good point. I love that you use the word acceptance because it doesn't mean that we're comfortable with it or we like it, right? <laughs> yeah. um, when I uh, and thank you for sharing all that because I'm approaching that that 15 year mark, right? So just pray for me. But um, it's really what I really love that you shared, and what I think would be really valuable for the listeners to hear is that you're not an intuitive mother coach because this is easy for you. <laughs> like we don't get to be life coaches cause we got it all figured out. I mean, it's not that at all. It's that we've been willing to do the work to lean in and be uncomfortable and that we want to provide a space, uh-huh. give permission. Like there's such, Grace and wisdom when you give women permission to share, like we're doing on this podcast to come together in circles. And I know that you have a circle that space for a circle that you hold for mothers to come together. It's interesting that we do it when our kids are younger, like there's mom's groups when our kids are younger. We need a mom's group, which you're holding when our kids are teenagers and workshops. And I know you had Chandra on the podcast, who's absolutely oh my gosh, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and I know I introduced her to you and yes. she, we've been talking, Chandra, if you're listening, made in workshop, like mm-hmm. for years, like wh- how powerful it would be to give teenage girls the space to come together into to heal all the parts of themselves but also their relationships with other women because you and I know raising girls how hard witnessing their relationships you just talked about one of your daughters in a relationship that she had that transitioned and how not being in school cuz it's the pandemic mm-hmm. is making it harder to make new relationships and I'd really love to see this I'd love to see more space because it's such a critical time like age 12 to 16 really uh-huh. to for girls to come together and do some work with their mother, uh-huh. maybe with their sister uh-huh. and with other girls. And it would, we can do virtual retreats, but in-person retreats for that uh-huh. type of stuff would be super uh-huh. powerful. Um, so I just wanted to, to say that I love that you shared that. Yeah. You're an intuitive mother coach in, like it's still really, really hard because it gives permission for the listeners to know that this is just life. And what Angie and I do is that we witness ourselves when we lose our shit. Can I come on here? <laughs> yes, okay. you can. We witness ourselves when we lose our crap. And then we are just in the practice of, like, okay, I made a mistake take a deep breath what was that about so there's like we do we turn a little bit and we're like well what is this here to teach me because there's some personal growth for me like Mm -hmm. why am I still losing my crap oh because I'm scared because I remember all the friends that I've lost in car accidents me too I think it was like for me I was around 22 people like right after college 22 friends within two years it was insane oh my gosh and well I went to a college with mostly boys and I Mm -hmm. they were all I don't know so there was just something (sighs) happening there um, so it's like, okay, what is this here to teach me? Mm-hmm. Apologize. Cause you know, you were, well, I was just going to gonna say me, right? the value the, of owning it, the too, value though. of owning yeah. it, yeah. doing your own personal inner work, owning it, and then having a conversation with them later. Like, like, how was that for you? Mm-hmm. Because we try to rewrite those generational experiences and habits but we're just doing it for the first time Uh and we're willing Uh to shift the course which is harder than just turning the head and just doing what we're Uh what what we learned and so most importantly having compassion for ourselves for doing Uh the best we can do Uh it's in that moment you said there's that moment where you're like everything is like closing in on you. You're like, ah, and then you just have that. You just take that breath and you just doesn't mean that you approve Mm -hmm. of it. Acceptance is different than approval, but you just be willing, have -hmm. the willingness to trust, surrender, and accept the situation for what it is. And that means even accepting yourself for the way you showed up if it wasn't Mm -hmm. what you imagined. Mm -hmm. So thank you for, and I went off kind of on that, but I, I think the most important thing is to, Give the listeners permission to just have compassion absolutely. for the mistakes, absolutely, and acceptance of acceptance of all of yes, experience yes, and
0: I think that comes up, like you said, that when we're kids are little, we're having playgroups, and although I shared on a recent podcast, like I didn't feel my playgroups when the kids were little, and the support systems were really being vulnerable. We were hiding some parts of ourselves. The true awakening in motherhood, my awakening started as a rebirth when I had a near-death experience as well, but I would say my true awakening in motherhood came at the teen years where they were starting to reflect back to me, and it wasn't aligning with who I wanted to be, and I will be honest, for years I was holding the shame and the guilt of that, And then it was just this past December that I will be honest, I was asked by my daughter's therapist if I would attend a therapy session. And I said to her, well, with my husband, right? And, you know, let me make sure we're scheduling a good time for him. And she was like, no, just you. And on the way home, I looked at my daughter who had been in her therapy appointment and I had gone to pick her up. And that's when this conversation went on. And I said to her, it just confuses me why dad doesn't need to be there. I said, we're both your parents. And she looked at me and said, because my anxiety comes from you. I wanted, I don't know, I was like between screaming, crying, holding it in, let me just get in the house. (laughs) silent the whole way home, like which she recognized and it bothered her. Like she thought I was going to lose my shit. And I had to sit in it and really dig into what was coming up. Like, what was I really afraid of? What had, what was I afraid my daughter had told the therapist? What was Mm -hmm. I afraid the therapist was judging me for? And when we had that appointment, it was amazing and afterwards I was talking with a really good friend and she said to me I'm going to invite you to forgive yourself like you did all that you knew that was you were showing up as you knew and the value comes in that you're now choosing to show up differently your daughter will remember that even if right now what she remembers is the anxiety you caused and um it, there's so much value in just being real, showing up, being vulnerable, owning. I mean, I went into that appointment and I owned, yes, I caused traumatic anxiety, and I know where it came from, and I know why, and I'm doing the work, <laughs> but I will own that her anxiety has come from me. And um, there, there was just so much value. In being real and honest, and I think I talked about it in a previous podcast, like it's, I am never going to show up and say this is easy. I feel like every stage just pulls back another layer. And each of my daughters, as I'm sure you have experienced, they both come with the different layer they're peeling back. It's just, you know, one, one has a boyfriend since she's been my gosh, was she 14 or fit 14? 14. Mm. They're still together. So her dad and I were high school sweethearts as well. So it's interesting to see that layer play out and start to recognize things that my mom probably felt and how I want to handle them differently. And then, you know, there's our other daughter who struggles with body image and self-confidence. And I spoke to someone and they said to me, I invite you to lean into your own feelings about your body. And I was like, oh, my feelings about my body are perfect. And the next week something happened that I was like, oh, all right. Yeah, no, my feelings about my body are not perfect. And I probably need to lean on in there. So it is, it's just such a, without my daughters, I say all the time, like, where would the lessons have come from? Like for me, this was my greatest wish was to become a mom. And I used to think that was so little compared to people that I knew that said, oh, I wanted to be a teacher, a nurse, a doctor or whatever. And I just look at them and think this was in motherhood. They are our greatest teachers. There's so much growth in motherhood. And to show up and be vulnerable and be filled with compassion, because you're going to make sh- sh- you're going to make choices that do not necessarily do the best thing for them. But then, if you can show up in that and own it, and I know when you and I worked together, there was so much of that work that you know you even helped me to start to see within my relationships with my daughters. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was such a powerful share. Thank you for just being so open and vulnerable about that. Um, You know, and I think, you know, there's even, there's even an opportunity to witness the belief that all of my um, greatest gifts have come from being a mother. Like everything that we say, there's always an invitation to lean in and it's not making Mm -hmm. it right or wrong. It's just like being curious like realizing that it's of such high value to you, and then finding that right relationship. I've been, I've always talked about how everything is a co-creation and a, a relationship. So when I hear you speak about what your daughter said to you, there's also this part of me that, on the other hand, sees well. There's a part of her soul that agreed to co-create that with you because mm-hmm. there's some healing that's coming from for her, which is totally different than what's happening for you. Absolutely. And how easily we as the parents make ourselves wrong. Like this uh-huh. is what we do. We, we go immediately into our guilt and our shame because we care so much. And then, and thank you for sharing that because I, I know that that, that happens for a lot of moms because we really, do, we really do care. We really do want to do a good job. And, but the truth is, is that we don't always know how, and, and that is okay too, uh-huh. because like to come full circle, it's all about trust and surrender, trusting that, whatever it is that your daughter needed to learn from this experience, witnessing her, and she may not have it all figured out yet, or she may not Mm -hmm. understand it, but at some point in time in her life, she's going to realize that she's going to be learning from it. I just had a discovery yesterday from my women's group coaching. There was um, one of the women who we were just sharing about receiving and we were Um, I talk a lot about the importance of receiving in order to just be and show up and feel fulfilled, receiving nourishment from food, receiving uh, currency, money for the work that we do, receiving drinking water, receiving like the flow of music through dance or whatever it Uh is, receiving love and intimacy in our marriage. And, you know, I, I, I don't know if this is mostly a generational thing, but like my mom wasn't super big on affection. And so I witness myself showing up differently with my kids. Like I'm very affectionate with my kids, but not always with my husband and realizing that sometimes when I'm in overwhelm and this feels vulnerable to share that, like I withhold physical affection because I'm feeling in overwhelm and I went over to my mom's house the other night and I witnessed the same thing. Uh-huh. So this is multi-generational. Uh-huh. Like we can witness ourselves as daughters and then as mothers and see how we do it differently. And when we can stop making ourselves wrong and stop um, being in that guilt and shame. Guilt and shame is a very low vibration, energetic frequency. Uh-huh. But when we can do that, then we can see a lot more. Cause uh-huh. we're not in the emotion of it. And I think that's what I want the listeners to hear is like, it doesn't even really matter if it was right or wrong. Like your friend said, you were doing the best you could do. And that's all we're doing. Uh-huh. But if we d- kind of give space a little bit, we can see more. And I feel like we can create the space to allow the healing to happen. Like uh-huh. we don't always have to seek it outside of ourselves, but we can just practice in that moment, witnessing like, Like, And notice when you feel that trigger, which I like to call an activation, because I I feel like a trigger is very trauma response related. And if we've been doing the self-work, if you've been in therapy or you've had a coach, then you've you've probably worked through a lot of your trauma or you're working through it. But if you haven't done any work at all, then, then the trauma is still probably present. But then it gets to a place where it's not really a trigger. It's an activation, which is really inviting you to uh-huh. make a different choice.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, I love that you that you shared all of that, that it's, that it's one, a co-creation.
0: Yeah, I love that you shared like what you witnessed with your mom when you were over at her house. And the one thing that I often say, and I remember saying to myself at that time period where Caroline um, was sharing with me things that I had done that had upset her, was that Um, I remember saying to her, you chose me in this lifetime to learn and grow and be who you are going to be. And that means that the lessons are going to come through multitudes of people, but I am one of those lessons, (laughs) <laughs> and, and, I, that will, I, I even said the Chandra, like that helps me sleep at night is to know that like, we, yeah, but you chose me. We are in this, like our souls are in this lifetime together to grow together. And that daughter in particular of mine is a firm believer in past lives and souls growing together and meeting up again in other lives and I yes. you know I said to her and then I wrapped it up that conversation was like if I am what I believe to be the generational breaker like I'm breaking some generational patterns you are actually you and your sister are actually the ones that are going to be the generational like change mm-hmm. makers Like you're going to take it forward to the next level and that this is all our souls together working because I see what came before and now you're old enough to even witness what came before or whatever. Mm. They witness the grandparents, the great-grandparents. They remember things about that and how it played into life. They laugh at stories that I tell them, but you will be the generational change maker as I am the change breaker right here saying, this is enough. Like, we're not going to carry this on. And you've actually been one of the teachers to teach me, this is not going to carry on. I don't want this to continue. So I really appreciated you sharing just, you know, what you see when you're, it's such a big part of our lives is the generational patterning Mm -hmm. that follows us. And we don't, you know, for a while, I didn't think about that. When I was younger, I always just accepted. I am just like my grandmother who had anxiety, Mm -hmm. who had this, who had this, never realized I had the capacity to change and heal that. And yeah, that's,
1: that's a powerful share because we, I talk about like the five most common limiting beliefs that are subconscious that we're not aware of. And one of them is not, I don't want to say like hopelessness, but this sense of like, well, we are this way just because our uh-huh. our family is this way and our generation specifically on, in the collective right now. I mean, we're quite honestly, and I want to get into the intuitive piece of this because I think it's really important about the work that you do and the listeners that this show is going to attract and how our children are reminding us that intuition is who we is very uh-huh. a natural part of who we are. Um, but collectively, we are in a, in, a, in a time period right now, the ninth wave of creation. Energetically, everything is, I mean, you hear people talking about from 3D to 5D, and that is already happening. People are having extremely different realities right now. And I'm guessing that many of the listeners on this podcast, because of the name of it, have some sense of awareness that we are not just a physical being, that we have we have energy, emotional, mental bodies that make up us, our wholeness. And we're talking about past lives and I, you know, I have story, my daughters (laughs) have each been in a past life. And the crazy thing is, is that I would have never believed this stuff except that I listened. And then on each past life regression that I did where my daughter showed up, one where my oldest was my mother at a very young age, I'm talking like eight and seven, they would confirm that day writing me notes. And I was like, this can't be true. Like that was just a coincidence. But at a very young age, like literally God was giving. I said, well, if this is true, send me a message. And then my daughter wrote me a message. You have been the greatest. I mean, I have it still in my computer. You've been the greatest presence in all of my lives, like an angel in this life in the last or something like it didn't even, I was like, what are you talking about? We've never even talked about past lives. then my other daughter, the day I did the past life regression where she showed up, started talking about what happens when we die? Have we ever been together? Do I could, can I come back as a dolphin? I think we've been together before. She was like six or seven. Wow. So like, and I wrote all I've documented all of this because it's almost too hard to believe sometimes. And then I'm like, wait a minute, that's a belief that it's too hard to believe. And that's what I want to move into as, as we come to a close on the podcast is the intuitive piece, because we're in a place in the collective right now where we're invited to shift. And Mm -hmm. those of us that have Said yes, like you and I, as mothers, who have been willing to listen, who are willing to allow our children to guide us. And when we say this, there's a healthy boundary there. We're not saying like we let them teach us to do everything. No, we hold the sacred space, the container, but we listen with healthy discernment as to what they're here to do and how it's playing a role for us. And then we witness them in what they're doing and how we play a role in their experience. Uh-huh. And that's a practice. But in the collective right now, people are having extremely different realities. And the reality of it is, is that we get to choose our experience. And some people are going to choose to stay stuck in the 3D, the physical. Mm-hmm. The 3D is the physical. They're going to experience a lot of fear and suffering. A lot of them will, um, and I'm being super radically honest right now. No, this is a no, lot no, of what I, I've been yeah. down. It's yeah. what I've been downloading, but like, this is just the reality of it. And it's okay because some. it's like a chess game. Like the everybody wants to have the queen, but nobody wants the pawn. But the pawn has a role too, and so people are going to experience suffering and they're going to because that's just what they're here to do in this experience. And some people are going to not choose that and they're going to choose to be feeling a lot of um, I say like wealth, W E L L T H, because this pandemic is very much about our relationship with our physical body but abundance in love and nourishment and currency and energy and expansion and growth and this isn't about um like i mean it's a little bit about i don't want to hesitate to say self-mastery because it's really in the surrender of Mm
0: -hmm. of it all so there's a
1: balance there but to get to the intuitive piece Um, one of the greatest gifts that our children can give us is that we realize that when they come into this life, they are so connected. My daughter used to say things at a very young age. I was like, what is she talking about? I had no idea she could experience the fifth dimension in this reality until I kept listening. And she would tell me about my grandmother who she never met. She could even tell me her name that she didn't know. She's never met her she didn't I wasn't close to her they lived in California I never lived Mm -hmm. close to her a lot of families live close to each other we Uh did not um she would tell me about her personality she was right on she would tell me about my guides and their names and then I would hear it from another the same thing from multiple spiritual people that I was working with that Uh were channeling same name. It just came up again. One of my guides names is is Lily. And so a lot of times they'll be, I see all these like flowers. And so, um, (laughs) but my daughter at the age of like five and six was saying this, and we didn't talk about this. This would just come up Uh and she would say things to me. She would say things to me about how she was worried about the world and what was going to happen in the world and how she used to say things like it's going to be overrun with technology and machines and people are going to get very sick. And she would say all these things. And so what I want to say is, I'm an intuitive healer. And intuition is very normal. It's not some sci-fi thing. It's not, it's not even spiritual. It's actually, there's a lot of science behind it. It's actually who we are. And children come in with all of this awareness and then they shut it down because it's a lot to take in. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a lot to take in as an empath, as an intuitive. And I'm saying this because for parents listening, if you have younger children specifically, I want to invite you to witness your children in this. And then one of the best gifts you can give them is to help them to manage this, to help them to realize that it's normal and not to completely shut it down. They might need to shut it down for a little bit because it might be overwhelming, like in middle school. Um, Or, you know, like at a time right now, we were on the verge of um, an energetic crisis right before the pandemic because my daughter knew something was coming. As soon as the pandemic hit, all of that went away. She refuses to have a cell phone. She's 15. Like there's so, and just because, well, she lives in the world of energy, but the invitation is to invite the mothers of this podcast to realize that If they really start to listen and slow down and witness these things in their children and just listen to what they're saying Uh and not make it weird or um, there's also a wounding in the church around this. And so, you know, my daughter went to a Christian school for a little bit. She came up one day and said, how come like we talk about angels in the Bible, but then we're not allowed to talk about it Uh or see them? Like we're not supposed to we're like she's like it doesn't make sense. Start listening to those things and realize what your own what our own conditioning has been. Uh-huh. when we uh-huh. listen to their questions, it makes us realize our conditioning and our beliefs. Uh-huh. and when it comes to the intuitive piece, um I mean it like me witnessing my children and how intuitive I have one who's very clairvoyant. The other one's very clear, empathic. She talks to animals and dragons and, <laughs> um, <laughs> but really I'm, I'm serious. Like mm-hmm. there is this other dimension and there's when we notice that we realize that that was within us all along and that we mm-hmm. shut it down at some point in time, then we can actually even see, that it was in our mothers, in our grandmothers, uh-huh. and we can witness that they've shut it down. Like I can witness in my own mother that one of the reasons that she um, she's an extreme empath and doesn't know it, so that's one of the reasons she wasn't very affectionate uh-huh. because it was she was it was too vulnerable for her. And you know, just start witnessing and and then, like you said, choosing differently. So, not only in the parenting and the wounding part, we've talked about this before. Don't not to parent from your wounds but to parent from your gifts so we get to learn from our wounds Mm -hmm. and then hopefully we do the inner work so we don't project them onto our children but we will and then we just you know forgive ourselves and have Mm -hmm. compassion and have a conversation about it but to remember that we can also choose to parent from our gifts and that is a way to empower our children and give them permission just to to really be who they are Mm -hmm. so coming full circle and we have a few more minutes, Definitely. but that's kind of what I wanted to, to end on. And I know that it's something that you've always role modeled and, uh, you've, you're such a great role model in how you've allowed your, yes, I'm sure you've contributed to some of their anxiety, of course, because you cared <laughs> like, and you're learning and you're practicing and, you know, same. And I know I hold that same space that you uh-huh. do. Um, multiple times, my daughters reminded me. And at the same <laughs> time, like I'm I'm just telling her, like, I'm doing the best I can do, and I'm, we're breaking this, and, you know, I want differently for you. I even mm-hmm. said the other day, caught myself, you know, I have my younger daughter wants to be a professional surfer, and she is certainly on her way if she wants to be. She She's going to be sponsored soon. She's on the junior Olympic developmental uh-huh. team, and I said, well, oh, you know, school – like, she's like, I just want to move to Hawaii and start from, she's like straight A student. I'm like, well, school is important to get a job and you might want to hold, like, save room for college. And she just laughed at me. And I was like, well, you know, you could do it online or whatever. I don't know what her future is going to be. And, yeah. You know, but it, it was just, she just kind of laughed. Like, okay. Like, as <laughs> I said something like, well, you you might want to save room for college so that you can have a good job. And she's like, like... <laughs> Yeah, I'm not gonna need them. (laughs) Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. Like, if you can get paid to surf, why wouldn't you just do that?
0: (laughs) It sounds like the similar conversations between our young guest, who's the musician, who's like, you know, I may, like, we'll move to Nashville, but I may not go to college because my goal is really. I mean, honestly. (laughs) So, you know what? Let them. Yeah, I mean, the truth is, is is that they know. And it's their path. And again, like somebody said to me, our oldest is looking at Florida absolutely. for college. You know, you know, I talked to you about that. You're in Florida. I'm up here in Pennsylvania. And it's scary, totally out of my control. And some, I think people used to think like, well, of course it's in your control. Just tell her she can't go. And I was like, absolutely not. I was like, if she chooses to go and something doesn't work out, that's her lesson. That's hers too. She has to be given the opportunity to go and see and she know her heart her heart I think like this would be a great way to pull this all full circle I believe when you and I were working together the one thing you really taught me was to like fall into my body and my heart when I tend Mm. to overthink and my mind goes everywhere but to fall into my heart and it was a great tool for how I was feeling but also to guide my daughters like if that's, if your heart is showing you those desires, then I certainly have no control to shift them. And I might be your mom, but that mom doesn't overweigh heart at all. And, you know, you taught me that your podcast is the Embodied Healing Self podcast. Mm -hmm. We talked so much about embodiment when I worked with you. You are so gifted at pulling those you work with, into how they're feeling. I tell people all the time, I had become so disconnected from feeling that I didn't even know what how to name a feeling. But working and getting to know you and listening to your podcast had certainly brought me home to that. Mm-hmm. And it has been something that I have relayed on to my daughters. I think I was doing some of that, I just didn't realize and I wasn't really trusting my heart. Mm-hmm. But trusting their heart. They sometimes, they always know. And if they make the wrong like their soul knows the path to their greatest, their greatest awakening. So if that means not going to college and you go down and surf or not going to college and you try your hand for 10 years at musician in Nashville, which is going to be daunting, that's your path. That's how the soul knows it's your best path home. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my gosh, I love yeah, that. I love talking beautiful. with you. Yeah, I love. Thank you. Getting to chat with somebody who and mothers from that same place and somebody I have learned so much from myself as I have mothered. Yeah. Well, thank
1: you. I am receiving. I am receiving all that you just said, and in fact, it's it's what I've created is um, a body wisdom coaching certification. So it's intuition but using somatic methods in the body because a lot of intuitives are um very they're still very up in the top chakras and so embodiment is really about bringing that consciousness that higher self consciousness all the way down into the root chakra mm-hmm. and actually being being that energy not just teaching it or um, talking about it or even seeing it, but actually fully embodying it. And that is really vulnerable because when you get to the sacral chakra, that's where we receive. That's also healing the feminine. Uh-huh. So that's what I realized because I know you were an intuitive coach coaching program where I was teaching a different style of intuitive coaching. And what I really realized is that for what I'm here to teach is more of the body wisdom and the embodiment of it. It's coming, it's fully receiving that experience in in the human body. So I'm receiving those kind words that you said. And I just want to reflect back to you as we close that all of those kind words that you said about me are a reflection of you. (laughs) And you are such a wise and wonderful teacher when it comes to motherhood. That I've really enjoyed listening to what you have to share. And my girls are a couple of years behind you. So I just want to say that I do listen, and <sighs> I do I do hear, and I am watching, and I'm listening to your shares because you have so much wisdom in this particular area, and your heart is really in it. And so I'm so happy to see that you're creating the space for mothers to come together and giving them permission to share this not only for you to be seen but for them to be seen mm-hmm. and and held in this because it really matters and it matters more than it ever has because of where we are collectively mm-hmm. in healing the feminine and this is a like a really hard truth that I want people to really hear and receive it matters more than it ever has not that well and I don't want to say mothers of sons matter too because healthy masculine mm-hmm. I'm I'm recording a podcast about that today is is the healing of the feminine too so
0: mm-hmm.
1: it all comes together so it's been a pleasure being it a guest on your show you. and i know we could talk for like another hour
0: <laughs> keep going i know <laughs> but another time i'm sure i'll have you back at some point down the road or whatever yeah
1: all right. absolutely
0: well, thank you so much for joining and um Yeah, it will be in the show notes where to find you for anybody who wants to listen in. I will tag in your podcast and all of that so that they can find you. Awesome. Thanks so much. Thank you. you. You have a good day. Yep. Thanks, Bye-bye. you too. Bye. Hey, friends. Thanks for joining me on this week's episode of the Intuitive Mother Podcast. I am so deeply grateful for each and every one of you that has listened in, whether it's your 50th episode or first episode. You taking the time to share this sacred space with me means the world to me and warms my heart. Of course, I would love to hear from each and every one of you about what interviews you loved and what you want to hear more of. Drop me a line at angie at angieshafer.com. On my website, you can also learn more about the programs that I'm offering and the coaching and healings that are also available for each one of you as you journey home to your sacred self. I am thankful for you spending your time with me and I cannot wait to share another episode with you next week. Have a great day.